Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And greetings, gardening friends. Great to be here. Again, and the whole team is back, which is uh, wonderful. We've got Beth Daring and John Glidden, and of course you are with Ray and Faye. The lines are open. Thanking the naughty but nice Alan Simons for the breakfast show today. And Alan was kindly supported by Peter Kelly, who looked very relaxed in his role, I must say. And also a big shout out to Jim Crinan, who wrapped the morning program up with the cycling update just now. And of course, Jim does return next Saturday for you. He's a bit of an all-rounder, that boy, isn't he? And he takes what he does... He's dedicated. He's serious about it. I like that about him. He does his homework, doesn't he? He does it. He does it. And uh, there's an old saying on radio, um, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Oh, yes. That's right across the board, right? (laughs) Yeah, we Mm. know all about it. (laughs) And boy, do we prepare. Well, It goes all week long. We've been doing homework this week, haven't we? We have. I went to the Perth Garden Festival on Thursday. That was my research for the program. And uh, did a little bit of damage there, as you do. How can you not? And uh, it was all very, very nice. And uh, it's uh, uh, the the grounds are great. It's a very big venue. You know, everything is spread out because there's so much more space there, of course. And uh, the backdrop with the city skyline yeah, is stunning, and the river on the other side, absolutely. So, and parking is good uh, on Lang- Langley Park. You can park adjacent to the to the festival. Uh, the parking is everything is actually I think it's more organised even better this year. Yeah, that would oh, be my saying. It's much more, you know, the parking and everything. You know, I think I can imagine today is going to be very busy. It's Saturday, of course, um, but I think last uh, year I'm trying. I'm rolling my brain back now. I think it was around March, April of last year, wasn't it? I know parking in that we were all getting a bit frustrated because we want to get in there. That's mm. what's really wrong with me. And uh, this year everything was flowing. Yeah. So they've had a year to get it right, and of they course it have. wouldn't be a garden festival without a drop of rain and the. Pl- Plants no. love that. Yeah, absolutely. Because when I was there on the Thursday, you know, the exhibitors were going around sort of misting all their mm. plants and trying to keep everything looking as gorgeous as they can. And actually the sun, even though the temperature wasn't high, the sun still had a bit of a bite. So, you know, it'd be hard to keep the everything looking as fresh as it was on Thursday by Sunday. But, of course, they're replacing their stock every day as well. I think there was a lot of people buying, that's for sure, and certainly a lot of people milling about. That's good to hear. Mm. I so miss it this year I just yeah don't of course have you don't have the time no, I, I miss I the people I miss yeah. being able to support the effort that they have gone to Enormous. particularly in springtime right yeah. because a lot of these people have businesses yeah they do so they're running a, a retail outlet or they have you know they're on the deadline count to Christmas because mm. it's not that far away mm. and then they just have to take it at least a week out of their schedule and mm. have the stock available. And to maintain their presence. It's, it is huge. It is. So please be mindful. You know, it is very much about our nursery people, our 
horticulture industry. Mm. Get along, support it. There's support some great talks. Yeah. Open gardens Brilliant. are there doing potting workshops with Baileys. Yeah, I see uh, that. Mark Tuchek. Mark Tuchek. I had he did have a win for his um, display. Bush, yeah, yes. Tucker Bush and Water Gardens. He's got them combined. He's got a beautiful um, display with a gorgeous pond and koi fish, and it's uh, fascinating to look at. Do get if you are getting along, uh, do take time to see that and have have a chat with Mark because he's got so much information to share with you uh, about his range and his water plants and his tucker bush and I think he said people were very very curious uh, about about what he's got there and uh, it's just trending it's the it's yes. it's where it's yes. where everything is heading so well, the tropical garden display by Coast Road Palms well, is just always say, a showstopper they're there I said good day I said good day to Daniel and I bought what did I buy I bought a heliconia red Christmas from Daniel Ooh. and he had a couple there on display and they sell themselves mm. And I said, what is that? And I said, okay, give it to me. Yeah. So he had some uh, great, great um, products sitting there. Uh, look, everything looking fantastic. And uh, things were bouncing along really, really well. He, he was very, very busy as well. So I know we had, I popped my head in and said good day to a few people as I could. And uh, if quite often you'd see them and they're that busy. You'd just think, oh, mm. leave, leave them be. Did you see Nancy from Australian Native I Nurseries? didn't see Nancy, but I certainly had a look at um, her, her garden displays there as well. And that was going going off. And what else did I pop into? Oh, well, you've got all your, obviously, Red Rock was there with her bromeliads mm. and... And all of his the picture plants. He's got a lot of picture plants, and there was three succulent displays, and of course, Fickle Prickle won an award, and of course, Araluen uh, won um, best garden. I saw that, and I sent you some photos of uh, some of the artwork of displays within their garden. They even had a piano in there, which was really beautiful. Oh. And people apparently were going in there and sitting there playing the piano. <gasps> Uh, oh, how nice is that? Engaging, yeah, very. It's like having a swing and people go exactly, in and, have a swing. and having a go on it, and it was exactly like that. And uh, so, no, there was a lot to have a look at and take the time, you know, take mm. the time. And I think because there's so much space at Langley Park, you haven't got this three, four people deep situation going on. You've got the room to move around. Gee, the succulent displays were enormous, and of course, you can mm. go and buy something. I don't know, four or five bucks if you wanted to, um, and you could really get the little guys and the, um, you know. And, and take home and make yourself a great big bowl of, you know, beautifulness if you well, want to. Well, it's funny you say that, yeah. Ray, because I, in my little shopping trip yesterday morning, bought a can of spray paint. Now, mm, I was I looking saw for that. the rust one, but I came across one that was rose gold. Oh, I've had that. And I had, <laughs> I had the bottom yeah. of a sand filter, mm, a pool mm, filter. Mm. My dad cut it off. Uh, about 20 years ago it's fiberglass it's solid as on a beautiful base it's like a bowl Mm. very Mm. very wide like 90 centimeters wide so I finished spray painting that yesterday so I've got this beautiful rose gold plant it looks so schmick yeah and I've bought the potting mix and I've got my succulents to start playing with I've started gathering them that's another Mm. little fun project that's another little yeah I've got a lot of little those projects happening I do Mm. love bowls I do love Mm. bowls with with flowers planted in them I just something about them and you can have them up on a stand you can have them on the ground I need to have this up on a on something just raised off the ground just a bit up 
Okay. All right. Look, we should stop uh, chatting amongst ourselves. We're in, we've got a lot to get through, and I haven't even mentioned that. I'll come back to it after we've spoken to Caroline. How are you? Good morning, ladies. How are you all this morning? Very good. Thanks, Caroline. That's good. Your ball sounds lovely. Oh, I will share photos when it's done. Yes. Rose gold's just gorgeous. Yeah. And those succulents you were talking about, I got a bird bath and I turned a basket upside down full of. And I poked holes, I lined it and I poked holes and I put the succulents in and dropped a string of pearls and it looks like a little chandelier. It's gorgeous. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah. Caroline, I've got some of those baskets hanging around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks really lovely. Now, what I rang for was my frangipani. I know it's not now, but I'm looking at it and I think I'm going to have to prune it. Not now, but maybe in autumn. When's the best time to prune a frangipani? Ray, when we had Chris Oliver on just recently talking and exactly he said about not when that. it's going to bleed exactly. Really. But you know, I Dormant. I think they heal quickly when they're growing. Mm. That was my thought. Look, I, I do you think what is be, the would, reason for pruning, Caroline? Is there a need, or you just want to take cuttings? Now, where I where I lie in bed and look at my garden, it's growing above the roof, and I don't ah. get to see the flowers because they're right up high. Yeah, so I thought if I dropped it down a bit. I'd be able to see the display of it. Hmm. Well, I I would be doing it sooner rather than later, but not now while it's wet. Not this week while it's raining oh. a lot. Oh, when it's dry. Yeah. Is that the thing, when it's dry? But do you do it when it's full of flowers, though? No. no but, for, but for your need... You, you yeah. kind of need to do it. Like there's a best time and then there's yeah. like any other time. So mm. the sooner you do it, even if you do it partly. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's I, I, Yeah, the pelargonium, when they, society, someone said when they're pruning their pelargoniums, they do it one branch at a time and make sure it doesn't die. Well, with pelargoniums, once they've flowered, cut back by yeah. a third. When it yeah. uh, reshoots, Cut back by another third. Really? And that way you've got a, a bushier plant. A and much. that's the thing. The more the more uh, branching you can encourage, the more flowers you'll get. That's exactly what she said. Do the first mm. third, wait for the leaves to come. Do the second third, wait for the leaves to come. And then do the third, third, the third, third one. <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah. You know, my friend bought a blue, um, a blue kangaroo paw from this lady. And it is magnificent. Have you seen them? They come yeah. from, um, oh my, it was so lovely. Ray's, yeah. Ray's got one. I've got a lovely mauve one. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. I've heard this blue is like a periwinkle blue. I, I think it comes from King's Park. It they does, get... yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was I a new it's... release this season, Caroline. Mm. They put out a few <laughs> different coloured ones. And they're all crackers, mm. yeah. Oh, they are. It was beautiful. All right, ladies, I'll leave it to you. Thank you. I'll let you know what happens. All yeah, right. yeah. No, Thanks, Caroline. take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And Michael from Chewett Hill, uh, can an avocado be transplanted from pot to ground at this time of yes, year? Yes, October is a good time. Yeah. Uh, prepare the soil well. They have very shallow, fine roots. If it's not very big, I would also give it a little bit of um, protection from shade cloth around it. Okay, thank you for that. Now, coming up at 20 past eight, which is uh, in about four minutes' time, we are chatting with Helen Leeton. Uh, she is the 
Leighton, I'll say, Leighton would be right, is the author of Garden Gathered. Now, she's a garden designer and florist. She is based in Albany. She has released this magnificent book called Garden Gathered. It's just been released. And, oh, my goodness, this is a book that I want. Mm. It's it's going to satisfy that, you know, if you're into romantic flowers and display, it's just... And even Faye, Faye had a look at it the other day oh. and, and then ended up going out and doing a lot of damage yesterday. It inspires you. The cover's magnificent. Mm. This is a coffee table book. They're worth $90 each. We're giving two away after we've chatted with Helen. All we ask of you is that you're a Curtin FM member. So we'll give out more details after we have chatted with Helen at 20 past eight. She's going to tell us all about it and what inspired her. And, and she's going to give us uh, some great tips. She's got a flower farm. And uh, and and just life, general life tips. I think she's uh, like all of us went through the COVID, and that it brought about changes in the way she was. Well, she started a diary, pacing herself, and that's yeah. how the book came about. Mm. A lot of people did some really interesting things With during COVID. What did I do, Ray? Well, I blinking worked. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, I wished I'd been able to, but I had to work even harder, you know, and uh, to keep the keep the wheels turning. But we're going to be joined in the studio at 20 to 9 by Joanne Harris. We love Joanne. She's from Guildford Town Garden Centre. Many of you would know that fabulous little garden centre there just by the railway line. Love it. And at five past nine, Bridget Gower. Now, she is from Aussie Macro Photos and Cairns Botanic Garden Tours. This is going to be a very interesting chat at five past nine. Let's go bugging. Let's go shrooming. She's a fantastic photographer, but she does these garden tours up in, mm, in the, the Cairns, Cairns Botanic, Botanic Garden. Mm. And this came about because Wayne, one of our listeners, sent through an email. Saying "Let's you should speak with well, her. Well, and she's just uh, returned home after being in Perth photographing peacock spiders. And they're this so the beautiful. They look this like is, little jewels. I know, but right, they're here you know, under our noses and all we the time. And we don't see them, we, we don't know we don't, they're there. Well, some of us don't follow them, but mm. she comes all the way from over east Finds to photograph. <laughs> and we've had a bee photographer over from Queensland. Mm. We've had a slime researcher from Melbourne. Like, people are coming We've here. got bees, we've got spiders, we've got slime. <laughs> Do not underestimate Perth, well, everybody. Well, that's right. <laughs> I'm teasing. All right, nine four eight four one nine two seven, and we've also got lots of emails. We have. Let's firstly wrap right. up. This was our first call before the show today. All right, Leonie of Claremont phoned in, and she had questions about the Perth Garden Festival. Can you get tickets at the gate? Yes, you can. And is there a parcel pickup? Yes, there is. And parking is at Langley Park now. If you have a disability issues, Leonie, there is Accrod parking right smack bang out the front of the Perth Garden Festival. You go drive right down to the front and you're in business. Okay, so uh, yes, yes, yes to all of your all of your questions. And don't forget your umbrella just in case. Just in case. Mm. Yeah, I don't think, oh, there was forecast on the uh, weather last night. They were talking 20 mils and I thought, what? Well, I but it's not saying that now. 50% chance of showers. And I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning to thunder and lightning. I, I had to get up and close the computer I, down. I heard stuff happening on my my uh, roof and I thought, oh, this is really going to get ugly. But it kind of, you know, it I don't know. It was very windy out there Very like windy, yesterday. very windy. But mm. I don't know about the rain. But anyway, it, the weather forecast keeps changing. Personally, I think everyone's going to be fine to right, head out right. there. I'm going to quickly do this email before our first okay. break. It came from Pam of Limwood, and it actually had me stumped. 
So she has a Kentia palm about 30 years old, which for a couple of years has been producing one or two new fronds which have no green colouring at all. Now, I have noticed some plants will put out a new leaf without a lot of colour, but it usually colours up. Colours up. So these emerge as brown, fully developed fronds and open as normal if the wind doesn't rip them. Anyway, the next one that will be green, fully formed, uh, can can you suggest anything for these fronds? So I sent the email to Gary, who sent it to George from the Palm and Cycad Society. And George has written back and said, the Kentia palms have suffered very badly the last couple of years due to our excessive summer heat. And his has exhibited the same conditions. Uh, now, the continuation of new palm fronds emerging necrotic yeah. means that the palm in question is suffering from yeah. a manganese deficiency, mm. which we would Quite be familiar with with palms and cycads, particularly yeah. along mm. the coast. Yeah. Uh, it will be wise to treat the palms with granule, slow-release, all-purpose fertiliser, Cresco or Bailey's, he yeah. suggests, yeah. containing manganese in its mix. So this is why I encourage people to get something with lots of trace elements. Yeah. If you were feeding your plants a couple of times a year, you would more than likely avoid this. Okay, So a generous handful per plant every two to three months in October, November, and again March, April, should fix the problem. And you can get these um, 10 kilo bags from your local hardware Pam. store or nursery. Uh, and the other question that Pam had was, what is the variety of palm that she sent a photo in? And it is an Alexandra palm. Mm. And you can tell they're quite similar to a bangalow. Very similar. But I've the crown several. shaft mm. is green. Yeah. And the rings are are more prominent and closer together. Yeah. So, okay. Thank you for that. You're All welcome. Right. We shall return. Curtain Radio. And you are with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. We are here till 10 and we have a lot of information to crack through. As promised, we're speaking with Helen Layton. She is the author of Garden Gathered. Good morning. Helen, you're with Ray and Faye. How are you? Hello. Hi. I'm great, thank you. I would just like to say how much oh, we love your book. Your book. It is just oh, as soon as you look at the cover it just it draws candy. you in. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's been a bit of a love project, so oh. I'm glad people are enjoying it. Well, what what a life. And I know you've just had the launch this week, so you must be kind of buzzing. Um but your your story is living on a, a farm, uh, you help out in the vineyard, you do wine, I think, grow flowers, floristry, weddings, beekeeping. Oh, it just sounds bliss. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah, look, very rewarding, lots of hard work, but it's, um, it's a passion of Jim's and mine and um, something we enjoy doing together when he's not at work. I'm there... Um, Speak on my own generally, and um, you know he helps out on the weekend. So yeah, it's um, it's a a partnership. Oh, the the pictures of the flowers in oh. the book are just like I have to tell you. I went shopping yesterday, and with this <laughs> on my radar, I picked up many more flowers for the vase than I would normally put in the shopping trolley. 
<laughs> yes, well, I'm a little spoilt for choice growing them. Um, so I probably put too many flowers in the vase because I've oh, got them in the garden. Never. I, I sometimes think you do better with uh, less is more, but oh. I'm not not good at it myself. Not with flowers. And I love the way the colour themes and the way you put mm. the colours together and the textures and shapes of the flowers is amazing. And I just, oh, we both want this book. We're giving these two magnificent books away today, but I'm looking at this thinking I have to have it. They are the perfect coffee table book, aren't they? Yeah, they offer a lot of um, lot of inspiration throughout the seasons with it all set out in, uh, in the four seasons and mm. uh, with a mix of natives and, um, you know, the general traditional sort of garden flowers. So, yeah, something, something for every season there. And they look like paintings. Okay, how did this all come about? What inspired you? Um, well, from, a, from the book point of view, I have to say I didn't ever envisage that I would write a book, but in at the beginning of COVID, it was uh, suggested that I might benefit from meditation or or mindfulness to slow down yeah. a little. And um, I, I thought, oh well, maybe I'll go along to a class. And then COVID started, so that uh, I thought, well, how can I manage to perhaps um, to do this in a different way? So I started a garden journal and thought, well, maybe I just start noticing the garden a little bit uh, more rather than rushing around madly getting all the jobs done and yeah I found it really um, quite well it was a great great exercise for slowing down just you know tuning into the five senses and sort of writing about them oh my Um, Mm. and then I had so I had weddings that were cancelled over the the next um, 12 to 18 months so and that wasn't so much, it was more because we were locked, people were locked out from coming to WA. So people wouldn't get together with families, so they mm. they cancelled their weddings. I, so I had so much material in the garden and I thought well, it's a great opportunity to be creative without a, without a brief because uh, so often I am working to a brief. Yeah, of course. And that's, that's sort of how it's evolved. So there's four to six um, sort of floral ensembles uh, that go, that sort of, go with each season and I've just had a bit of fun with putting them together and styling them with vintage things that I I like. There's that sort of recycled, repurposed, Uh, reused mm. theme running through the whole book. Yeah, um, and that's what we're loving. Yeah, yeah as well. And and it's not just about the flowers. You're you do blacksmith work. You shoe horses. No, no, I don't. Jim does that. Right. Well, that's that's kind of like polar end of of, of the spectrum, isn't it? No, no. My my husband's um, grew up on a farm, so he's got all those wonderful, um, you know, farm skills that yes. make uh, having a garden and you know fencing and making climbing structures and things yeah. uh, so much easier, and obviously so much more affordable. So quite fortunate. To have that, yeah, yeah, and Jim's been keeping bees since he was very young. I think he got his first hives when he was, you know, less than ten, um, as a Christmas present. And uh, he's always had a bit of a desire to make his own wine. So we've got a brother-in-law who's a winemaker, and we have um, a small Pinot vineyard on the property. So we make Pinot because that ripens earlier and is less less susceptible to um, getting fungal problems and things. 
on the grapes. So, so you, you guys yeah. certainly complement each other. I'm just looking at a picture here. You grow the flannel flower. How do you manage to do that? Oh, gosh, they are tricky. I have to say yeah. they are very tricky. I bought uh, quite a lot from Xantharia many years ago, 20 plants. Oh. And, and I've sort of just managed to keep them going by... Uh, saving seed each year and re-sowing the fresh seed. I've never had any luck with seed I've bought in a packet, I have to say. Yeah. And I just sort of keep them going. I've decided now that the best place for them is actually on the, uh, the potting tables, which get, and I'm putting them up, potting them up into bigger pots and just harvesting off, off the potting tables because mm. they just, uh, Oh, look, they just keel over in the garden. They just don't, they're not happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, that no, is the thing tricky. with pots, isn't it? Mm. You can put them in an environment that suits them. You can move them around yeah. to, to where suits you to keep them watered and give them everything they need. And what yeah. I love about it is your your arrangements have the list of plants. Yeah, exactly. This is so, important for so, people like us. So, Helen... We can go uh, shopping and get... I, it's probably not fair to ask you your favourites, but yeah. what would be some easy-to-grow common foliage and flower plants that people could put in their garden to be able to pull a, an arrangement together sort of year-round? Yeah, I guess the, the main thing is just having a mix of leaf shapes and textures. Uh, for me, that, that's what really makes the difference between a, you know, a fairly ordinary arrangement. And so it's just having a lot of little things that you can collect together. From a native point of view, and I'm just trying to think of things for Perth, I'm finding the grevilleas absolutely wonderful. The kangaroo paws are great. And any of the... Um, you know, small growing eucalypts uh, are fabulous or things like Adenanthus um, cuneatus, um, Leucophyta brownii, you know, you can take out little bits of that and pop it in an arrangement at home. But from a general garden point of view, obviously the roses, dahlias are absolutely fabulous and, yeah. and they've you know, they've come back into vogue and they're perfectly suited to the climate in Perth. I mean, I know roses probably aren't the best in the middle of summer and you've got that awful... Um, chili trip. Trip, yeah. Chili yeah. trip that yeah. uh, wreaking havoc with people. Um, I also just use things like penstemons. Um, yes. Scabious are really good, very easy to grow from a packet of seed. Um, just... Yeah, things like that, really. I like. I quite like the variegated um, small leaf uh, pittosporum. Um, that's that's really lovely. It just adds. A, it's a very delicate leaf to have in a in an arrangement with roses. What colour is that one? It's it's got a very um, light green leaf with a little edge on it. Yeah, uh, I know the one. And a tiny little bit of red around, you know, like a burgundy sort of in. It's a it's a really lovely uh, foliage, foliage plant. For, yeah, and it would be very hardy in Perth, I would imagine. Mm, yes, and sure. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I think, I'm just trying to think what else is in my, oh, zinnias are great for Perth, you know, hot, um, mm. hot climate. And what but else of, do I do today? Of course, oh. you can buy things like zinnias 
as a packet of seeds, yeah. throw them in the ground, yeah. and they just grow. So there's really nothing cheaper. Or a punnet that's only $3 and you get eight mm. plants in it. Mm. Exactly. Mm. And if you've only got a small garden, and cosmos, you know, just those frothy sort of things yes. that just en masse look great. I mean, I, I know of the, um, often the cosmos now that you get in punnets are sort of dwarf. Uh, or only it's quite low growing, but if you bought some seeds, you'd get the taller, you know, sort of meter ones, and they're just you can plant them as a bit of a succession. So maybe do two or three plantings from now onwards, and you would just have big, you know, big branches that you could pick and pop in a vase, just a big jug or or whatever mm. in the house. It's just lovely to bring something inside, yeah. even if it's not an intricate. Sort of yeah. arrangement. Anything on mass looks wonderful. Oh, we it's just your... both. It's just uh, the book is just uh, breathtakingly beautiful, and it just satisfies something in the soul. When I, I'm I'm browsing through this book as we've been chatting with you, Helen, and it's just I just love the whole diary aspect of you saying, "And today I'm doing this," and uh, I think we can all relate to that, and 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 obviously. Uh, learn from you as well and you're very clever with your photography even I was looking at your website yesterday Riverdale Farm and just the way things are presented and there's a book sitting on a table and the wind's just turning the pages over and I thought this is very clever it just it it, mm. it does something to you when you're even looking at it I can't put my finger well, on it it's in the soul it's isn't not it? just a photo there's no, another level not. of thought and capturing that so there's a lot of skills that something go flutters inside of me yeah raising an element here, I Helen. sure am you can tell that I'm a flower girl, right? I can't, yeah. I make no apologies. Helen, if people want to access your book, how do they go about that? Uh, well, it's available on the website. Okay. Uh, uh, and it can be posted out. However, it will be starting to appear in bookshops, I would imagine, from the end of this coming week, if okay. not before. So, um, yeah, just keep your eye out yeah. for it. Garden Gathered. Garden Gathered. What a great gift. Oh, my. Yeah. Yes, absolutely beautiful. So we much. congratulate you and thank you very, very much for sharing this with us and oh, so much more in this book. Uh, you're a very clever lady. That's so very it, kind. Thank, are you still journaling you. every day? At the moment, not. Uh, but I really do want to get back to it because I just found it a really good way to just pause and tune in. And yeah. there's so many beautiful moments that go past every day without without noticing them. Yeah, because we get distracted. If you don't sort of, you know, hone your senses a little bit. Mm. And, you know, it's been a long time since I've written. I mean, I really haven't written an assignment since university, which yeah. was, you know, way too long ago. And uh, so it was, it was an interesting exercise. And um, I just think, you know, people give things a go and... Uh, Things take time and just see where, where life takes you and how, how things evolve, really. Um, it's an interesting journey. There's lessons there for us all, Helen, I, I think, and uh, it's been wonderful chatting with you this morning. We wish you all the best and uh, every success with this uh, magnificent book. And we thank, thank you, you for letting much. us give two away to our listeners as well. Oh, no, my pleasure. I, I hope they uh, hope they enjoy them. Oh, yeah. They surely will. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, Helen. All right. Thanks, thanks girls. Take Bye. care. Cheers. Bye. Yep. Bye. Wow. What, yeah. a, what a great lady. What a great story. 
Yeah, and boy, what a great book. If you'd like to win this book, you must be a Curtin FM member and you must obviously have to be able to collect this book from the radio station. Give Bev a call, the first two callers through, 94841927. The book will be yours and they're worth $90 each. So following on from that, Ray, Mm. this is a, a little note that I wrote a couple of weeks ago titled Mindful Moments and Quick Tips. So it's my tip for being out in the garden. Place sensitive plants around a frequented area. So, you know, we've got pots and they don't all get the water they need when they need it. So when you fill your bird bath, your precious plant, will likely get a little bit of extra special attention yeah. and overflow from the bird yeah, bath. Correct. So place bird baths on the path to good intention. <laughs> Just kidding. If you have livestock, animals, poultry or birds, why not uh, put your plants or bird bath along the way? Mm. So the bird baths can be high, low, shallow, deep uh, and near not so much out in the open, but near a, a little shrubby plant, sheltered, uh, add sticks or rocks, but don't be fooled into thinking that native bees need water. They don't. You will not be seeing native bees at a bird bath. Mm. You'll see honeybees mm. and you'll see wasps. Yeah. And um, the the shallow baths, of course, are good for wasps, lizards, marsupials, etc. And yesterday something happened while I was stashing away my bootload of purchases mm-hmm. so Eddie didn't know what was happening. Quite right. I, I witnessed, not for the first time, I've seen it before, but a display of insects like cruising round in large circles very low to the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's across a, a pathway mm-hmm. that is sand covered with worn down mulch. And these were flower wasps. And there were dozens of them and it was quite warm. And when I got down, I started videoing and they were mostly males of the yellow hairy flower wasp. Oh, really? And they had found a female. So what I suspect is happening, the females are emerging from the ground. And there's a flurry. And these males are out. It was very much like the burrowing bees and the way they're cruising around. So the the females, I guess, give off a pheromone and all the boys come Um. running. And there was a bit of a tumble and there was four four males (laughs) clambering over this poor female. Anyway, (laughs) I I got video of it. It was for about a minute and a half, as you do it. As you would, It's just fascinating. They're not harmful. They're they're pollinators. They're hairy flower wasps. And Mm. they're quite large. So when people see them in their gardens for the first time, they might think, oh, no, it's a wasp. But Mm. they're not stinging wasps. Mm. And they're very important. Yeah. It's good to watch. It's it's just life, isn't it? Nature It's mm. beautiful to watch. Okay, we'll be back in a moment. And we are back. You are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening and our special guest in the studio, Joanne Harris from Guildford Town Garden Centre. Good morning. Thank you for trekking in. How are you? It's always a little bit crazy rush. I think I don't even know if I've got my headphones on correctly. (laughs) Can not connect it in. We'll get you sorted. 
They're connected. Um, in a All moment. Right. Now, we've got two winners uh, for our book giveaway this morning, Garden Gathered. We have two winners, Pamela in Inglewood and Peter Jane of Redcliffe. Guys, you're going to love this book. Uh, yeah, the books are at the radio station and the station is open between nine and three would be your best bet. Uh, weekdays to collect this book. Uh, we will leave it at reception and your details for uh, our hardworking volleys that that uh, look after our front desk for us. We're just getting Joanne uh, sorted and uh, nothing like a little bit of live radio. You know, also um, at the Perth Garden Festival, Green Life Soil Co., Linda's going to be in your chair for a couple of weeks coming up soon. Now, she was, um, they looked like they were just absolutely flat out, Green Life Soil Co. And uh, I saw Soil Solver there and Best Fruit Fly Traps were there and... uh, uh, very grow with there and uh, all these people that are very familiar to our listeners because they are involved uh, in this program and uh, yeah there was everyone that needed to be there was actually were you no, no. I, wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't well you've uh, been very busy no pun intended we've yeah. been flat out actually I know um, but we do attend the show and I and um, I'm going to meet my two daughters and uh, Wonderful. visit today, so yeah. it'll be fantastic. Yeah, I look forward to it, and I'll bet Green Life was busy. She, mm. They really were. Yeah. I just, I didn't even try and go in there because, you know, they were just, it was, um, yeah, just a hive of activity. That's, that's fantastic. It's it good really to see is. the public supporting yes. such a wonderful event because it's our event, isn't it? That's right. It's a showcase of the industry, um, and it shows all sorts of things for, you know, new releases are down there, just interesting and wonderful things that perhaps you haven't thought of that you can even do or be part of your garden and the educational aspect as well with all the chats going on uh it's uh wonderful uh and what's that fate while and i'm talking you're always of new releases yeah like we've been joined yeah. in the studio by two new releases yes, yes. <laughs> go ahead what have we got joanne <clears throat> oh excuse me sorry guys so uh, I thought I'd bring a couple of new releases in, and I bought one that's just uh, an ornamental and one that is uh, native. Mm. So the first one that I've bought in here is a new viburnum. I love the card. I bought them in so that you girls could see them as well. But I love the green on this as well. But check out the foliage at I the top. That. I right? love it's that. It's a bronze. Now, this is called uh, Copper Top, and Copper it's a top. brand new mm. release out mm. by one of our better growers in in WA yeah well they're all good growers but mm-hmm. these guys are really well known Excel. aren't they mm. um it's it's gorgeous it's uh a viburnum that you wouldn't not like unlike tinus you wouldn't want to put it into the full hot sun so I would be doing morning sun or a okay. bit of dappled shade for okay. it okay um it's wonderful just as a it's going to grow three to five meters so it's mm-hmm. a large one mm-hmm. uh and the more you prune it, the more copper you get. Oh, is that so? So the more you do, the more copper. And I've actually, I cut some off. Um, we had one that came in slightly broken, so yeah, I cut it off. Yeah. And I put it into a vase, and it's been going over a week. Wouldn't perfectly. that be magnificent in so a vase? it would make great foliage in your house. Because I like the leaves, around. unlike tinus, which are, you know, smaller uh, leaves. Yeah. These are larger leaves, glossy. Very and, glossy. And, and quite dramatic, which Thick is... Yeah. and 
deep green. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. really deep, lovely, glossy green. Yeah. Um, and the, the leaf is actually bigger than the odoratissima. Ah, uh, yes. And the, that's the another one of my faves. Yeah. Which is yeah. a really pretty one. But yeah. these ones are longer. Slightly exactly. More that, that's what grabbed me about yeah. it, is just that form. I and think it's a classy little plant. Oh, I really sure like is. it. It's sold yeah. really well. Now, yeah, you'll find these in pretty much every garden centre you yeah. go to. Yeah. Um, because this particular grower does supply almost everybody around town. So yeah. you, you won't miss that. That's the viburnum copper top. And yeah. you do recommend a, a dappled light position or morning sun. I do, yeah. yeah. Look, last year we sold a few of the, the larger leaf viburnums mm. to people and unfortunately we sold them for a full sun position. Um, and um, the did. girls that sold it learnt very quickly. We Wasn't replaced those for the customers because yeah. they really cannot, and especially Handle. the summer we had last year. <laughs> No one could handle that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this one here is absolutely, uh, the foliage is weeping, which I adore. Oh. Now, this is a brand new agonis that's out. So we've mm. all we've seen the dark-leafed one, the, the peppermint one that we all know of. But this is lemon and lime. So it has the same growth habits, the same needs as any of the other agonis. Uh, but it is just the stunning colour. Well, uh, and weepy, Joanne. It's, it's so got a beautiful weeping. weep. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how big will he grow? I think he's around about... Five metres. Yeah. So is it four to five metres or just a, a four, five metres? Because okay. if it's just five, five metres, five it meters. could actually get to six. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But, but they, that's a nice You size. can prune these. Yeah. They oh. just respond very well to pruning. Yeah. Mm. And it's not this sort of how do you prune... You just wallop it off, prune it to shape it, yeah, and, they and take handle off it. again. Yeah. They handle it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really beautiful and um, Sort of a limey plant. green. It's magnificent. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's what I notice. And you notice the stems are so limey colour, and that's what gives it that shiny green look. I could see both of these in vases well, in the house. I was about know? to say the same <laughs> thing. We've just done this book, Garden Gathered, and now that's where our mindset is. And each of them, I'm looking at them going beautiful in a vase. Yeah, yeah that's what absolutely. I was thinking while you were talking. But I think there's more mm. in our gardens that can go in vases than people mm. realise. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. use your well, imagination. Well, the little to brownie yeah. eye, the little grey cotton yes. bush that she was mm. talking about. And there was another one that she mentioned. I thought, oh, the adenanthus, the woolly bush. Oh, mm. I would never have thought of that. See, oh, there you go. I've learned just, something too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just the. So it's when something's on your radar like that, you start to pay more attention, don't you? You do. Yeah, you do. absolutely. Well, that was an interesting uh, conversation you had. I loved it. Oh, we'll pass you this yeah. book to have a little look at, and uh, yes, you'll not be, till you'll after be... the show. She'll be too distracted. <laughs> we, okay. All right. We're in Belladura. <laughs> Wendy. Good morning. Oh, good morning. How are you both? Very good. Fabulous. Wendy. All three of you. <laughs> um, I have a, a very very pretty azalea called Mistral that my late husband bought for me many years ago, and it's been in the same pot um, for a long, long time. And uh, it, to me, it looks as though there's very little potting mix left in there, and um, it's probably root-bound. Um, will I kill it if I put it into a bigger pot? Go, Joanne. No, no, you won't kill it. Um, <clears throat> look, what you need to do is be very careful of those that root system. Azaleas mm -hmm. have a very shallow root system, so be yep. careful when you're taking it out of the pot. Put it in some really good azalea camellia potting mix. You yep. might want to also give it a half-strength sea salt. Uh, okay. Don't give it too much sea salt because there's a bit of salt in sea salt and the azaleas and camellias don't particularly like it. So just make sure it's a half-strength with a good okay. potting mix. Be careful of the root system. And um, you're going to go on enjoying that uh, azalea that your husband bought you for years to come. 
Yeah, it's very special to me and I, I don't want to lose it. But no. uh, do I need to tease the roots out at all or just leave them alone? Look, I tend, I tend not to tease the roots out. I think okay. that there's, you know, some people say yes and some people say no. And I guess uh, what I would rather see done is uh, bleach or uh, clean your secateurs and cut yep. a nice... Uh, clean cut through the bottom of those roots and then oh, maybe okay. just move very slightly the soil in the middle outwards. So you're not actually okay. teasing the roots, you're just slightly moving them um, right. and then you'll find they'll take off from there. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. And I don't, do I need to cut it back at all? Because it's, it's, um, it's, it's a beautiful shape. This is the thing. So has it finished flowering? It's finished flowering now, right. yeah. I would tip prune it. Take no more than a third off that. So 30% okay. of the volume of it. Um, right. And all over. And the best Fantastic. thing you can do with your azaleas also is um, tip prune them as they flower. Bring those flowers inside and enjoy them. And uh, oh, you'll yeah. find that you'll get uh, a much bushier and your plant will stay more compact if you do that. Okay. As I, say, I wish you could see a picture of it right now. It's absolutely, it was absolutely stunning again this year. And it just, it just does it for me every single year and, and brings my, my man back to me. Absolutely. Wendy, send us a picture, please. I will try to do that. Stop for sure. teasing us. Gardening at Curtin, isn't it? Yes. yes. CurtinFM.com.au. All right. No worries. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. Thank you very much. And we do have to go to a break, but haven't Azalea's been amazing this mm. season? I oh, my for sure. word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Curtin Radio. And we will be heading to the news coming up soon at 9am. And Joanne, you brought in these gorgeous native seeds that we've just been looking at in the break. Um, can explain to the listeners, I think it's great, you know, to have a, a bit of a play, a bit of a go to grow your own yeah. plants from seed. And you're saying that they come in these gorgeous packets with absolute detailed instructions. Yeah. Angus, um, Angus, these Stewart. Are Angus Stewart seeds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I met with him a couple of weeks ago and fortunately he offered us our seed, these seeds. Oh. So I think there's 21 different types of seeds in it. All sorts, but the information on them is amazing. Right down to contains approximately 70 seeds, how to propagate them. He's also even included a packet of native smoke granules. Um, now, not all seeds need to be smoked to mm. germinate, but mm. all seeds will, native seeds will benefit from mm. it mm. and it'll, it'll aid in the germination. But there are some seeds that, um, in fact, require the smoking. smoke mm. they've got used to it over the years yeah. in the native and that's in the you know in the bushland and that's how it is so i think it's um it's really good what he's got look he's even got um i love probably my favorite of the one is the rottnest island yeah Daisy. can you hold that one up yeah, yeah please <laughs> oh there go ray no oh, so, well faye's busily <laughs> right, going through them with that one faye's busily Choosing going them. through them thinking what can i what can i get yeah so yeah. there's lots of Billy grow very buttons. well here mm. but there's also yeah. he's offered in there and we did we did decide to bring some in the uh the waratah so ah. not an easy thing to to grow here mm. at all but you know there are people i think i've said this a few times i grew tulips in the northwest just for the fun of it they only <laughs> lasted one season and they looked a bit strange coming up through the the red earth but 
there are people out there that want to try different things. So Yeah, these um, look great fun. Yeah. yeah. Look, they're oh. fantastic. And we can send them all over the state. So you can get in contact with your native nursery, like maybe Santheria might even have, have them. Some. I know we have them at the nursery, but he's got them around different places in, in Perth. Or you can get on jump on um, gardening with Angus and buy them straight off his website. Oh, because well. they can post them all over Australia. So there's twenty one so. different selections there yeah yeah my favorite are the straw flowers they yeah. they're an everlasting daisy they'll flower all through summer they bring in butterflies and native bees yeah. and um special little spiders that's and great for flowers i absolutely uh, love the rotten daisy mm. for the same reason it's mm. a real pollinator also yeah. but watch out protect it from rabbits ah. just when it's looking its best Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of yes, course. Yes. Um, now we should get on with emails, right? We can do Perhaps. a few emails leading into the nine o'clock news, please. Con from Gosnell sent us an email uh, about aphids on citrus, and we did talk a bit about aphids last weekend. Mm. Uh, my my solution is to just well, he probably didn't know that they are actually aphids. They're little black things. Um, if you looked closely with a magnifying glass, you may actually see ladybird eggs or ladybird larva, hoverfly mm. larva, or little lacewing larva patrolling around. So I, I would look closely first. Uh, but the most I tend to do is hose them off, just squirt them off with a, a pressure spray. Most of them don't come back. Um, the reason I do that is because I know that they're food for other things in our environment and birds as well. So it, because it's an edible plant too, you don't want to be using anything that's harmful and going to affect you and your family. Mm. Absolutely. And <clears throat> excuse me. The, um, the other thing I've been doing too, because sometimes the predator insects are a little bit out of sync with the insects yeah. that are damaging our garden, right? Yeah. So what we've done at the garden centre is we've stopped using all insecticide. Hmm. And we're in touch. go you, Joanne. Yeah. So there's nothing is sprayed at our. I think the most that we would spray at our garden centre would be some pest oil. Mm. Right? Mm. But what we have done is we've got in touch with Bugs for Bugs, and there's a few oh. different uh, sites out there that you can do. So now on a regular basis, we have on a Monday morning, we check our plants, we see what we might be needing, we recognise what's coming up, and we buy in the bugs. So we treated. We have. We don't sell roses, but we do have roses on our, on our um, outside fence lines mm. for security. In fact, mm, yeah. So of course we were attracting thrip, the chili thrip, into the garden centre, and uh, it was attacking all sorts of things, like yeah, we, even apricot trees, little yeah. sapling apricots, etc. So we decided we did not want to be spraying all the time. So mm. we used the bugs for bugs, and got the um, predator insect for the chili thrip. Now, was that a pirate bug, Oceros? Yes, it was. Yes, that's yep. exactly right. Mm. Yeah. So what we did do, though, is we sprayed three times with um, EcoFent, which again is a, a um, eco product. So you're not, you don't have any um, chemicals in that one. Um, and then we put the bugs on and obliterated it. Is that so? Yeah. So I tried Love it at that. home without the EcoFent. Yeah, yeah. And I got rid of most of them. So I know that the eco oil, the organic yeah. one, Trevor actually used it on my roses many years ago and it was like, oh, you know, I don't like things being used in my garden. But from that moment on, 
I I monitored and I began to see the good bugs coming in. Mm. So yeah, it's hippo enhanced. That's right. And yeah. that not that they've used a hippo in it, but they've used <laughs> natural pheromones that bring in. That's right. It sends off a message that the plant is being attacked, and everyone gets told there's a food source here, guys, come and in, in they come. That's exactly right. I love the hippo enhanced one. Yes. Yeah, it's um, it's very good. Mm. All right, now we do have to go to the nine o'clock news. Maureen, we can see you online. We will be with you very, very soon. Um, please, please wait. Currently 15.4 degrees, heading for a maximum today of 19. Shower or two is forecast, but clearing. And the minimum overnight, you can expect 8 degrees with a maximum tomorrow of 18. It will be partly cloudy. And the minimum overnight, Sunday into Monday, again, 8 degrees. So a little bit nippy. Uh, Maximum of 21 on Monday, and it will be partly cloudy. And John gave me... Our rainfall figures so far for October sitting at 25.6 mils uh, against 122.8 mils last year. Gee, doesn't the weather uh, jump around at this time of the year? But hopefully we could get a few more drops of rain to add to that. But we're not certainly not going to get anywhere near 120 two mils of rain between now and Monday are we? Not unless we're on the east coast but I thought it was quite, it's warm in here but when I came out this morning I thought it was quite nippy the air Mm. had a bit of, it was quite fresh Well and forecast tomorrow 18 degrees like that's winter Yeah Yeah, well actually people were complaining in the earlier this week on Facebook saying winter's back you know and it is it is bouncing well everything's around, isn't slow isn't it yeah. the lawns yeah. are slow the roses are late yeah. it's yeah everything it is, is what it is yeah okay we're in Mandra very patient Maureen how are you hi guys how are you today great thanks, thanks for waiting that's good um listen I've had I think I'm more or less bought three azaleas at the same time they've been quite a few years old one's in the ground the other two are in really huge pots and they are so the the greenery on it is really uh, big um, up to a meter wide and they're really quite big and the very heavily uh, leaf on them and uh, but I've never got any flower on the one in the ground I've only got about two or three flowers over all these years on uh, one of the ones in the pots and the, um, the other one, maybe three or four in, in one season. So I was talking to a friend who was looking at, at it and he said, well, you can see the buds there because the bud was like a very tiny bud with a, like a little spiky, tiny collar around them. And as he touched them, they just fell off. The buds just fell off. So I think the buds are just falling off because it never comes to flower. And I feed it with azalea. I feed in mix. I also put um, potassium on, um, sulfate potassium on another week. So just wonder what else you can suggest. Yeah. Uh, hi, uh, Maureen. It's Joanne speaking. The um, the fact that you're putting potassium on it too could well be that you're uh, over. You're putting too much of the, the mineral on and that can actually disturb the plant and will drop. It will drop the flowers. So you might okay. find I would pull back from the potassium and just use your azalea camellia fertiliser. Okay. Okay. Now... Years years ago, we used to visit a garden uh, out the back of Wanneroo. Irene and Frank used to open their little garden. She was amazing at growing azaleas. Now, what I remember is 
you prune up until Christmas. You don't prune after Christmas. So basically after flowering, you trim it all back. That's right. And then if you get new growth, you can trim it back again. But stop at Christmas. Now you're in Mandurah, Maureen, so your soil could could be a bit alkaline. So you could check your pH uh, and use a, a liquid fertiliser. I think if you do those things... And maybe some as um, you know something like pine needles on the top to help acidify the soil. I think you'll get some some good results. I actually started using the blueberry, the park of yeah, yeah. blueberry yeah. fertilizer, acid loving plants, and it it helped change. I'm in very chalky soil, and it helped change to a it wasn't for an azalea, but it was yep. um, for uh, acid loving plants, mm. and that worked really well. So maybe try that because it is a liquid, and it can be easier on the root system than Which using. Which one, the liquid? For blueberry plants. Oh, oh, okay. It's okay. called Blueberry Fertiliser and it's by the yeah. Parkerville Blueberry Farm. Okay, I'll try them. Yeah. I, one, one of the ones in the pot, the two pots are sort of halfway under a pergola. So, but uh, one side, you know, would get all the morning sun come around, the other side gets late afternoon, but nothing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. I think that sounds that we've given you the right advice. It, because it doesn't flower, it's hard to know when to cut it back, you know, so. Do do it now, Maureen. Yeah. Okay. Thank um, you. Cheers for your call. And can, you, can you just tell me with um, wisteria? Um, oh, Maureen, can we save this? Because we've actually got our next, next guest in Queensland okay. waiting on the line. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Thank you. Thank so you. Thanks, Maureen. All right, and yes, we do. We're going bugging and we're going shrooming. We have Bridget Gower online from Cairns Botanic Garden Tours. Good morning. Good morning. I was getting into that conversation, but yes, hello, how are you? Uh, we're very good, thank you. Now, Bridget, I know you've just made a trip over to Perth to photograph some spiders particularly. Oh, it was incredible. Um, it was something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, so peacock jumping spiders, uh, tiny little, colourful, beautiful little creatures and Western Australia is the hot spot of the world for these little creatures and um, they've just fascinated me for, for quite a few years now and I just came over especially to come and see as many as I could and to photograph as many as I could. So yes, I've just returned and and I've only just come back down to earth, actually. I've just oh, been going through my photos and uh, it's, it's just, they're just really, really special. Really well, special. it's funny because I know Americans particularly, you know, are frightened of coming to Australia because of our <laughs> spiders. But we might actually be able to turn our reputation around with these guys. So tell, tell people how they can find them and yes. just what size they're looking for. Oh, they're tiny. They're um, around about four millimetres. Oh. So <laughs> yeah. you really do have to have a very keen eye. Um, you have to walk very, very slowly. And they they all tend to have their own very specific habitat that they live in. So um, you need to do some research and find out what kind of species live in what kind of habitat and just go exploring. And um, then they're, they're not usually uh, very 
far off the ground and some are some are on the ground, um, but they're usually from about knee height down. And, um, yeah, you just have to look out for little specks of colour hopping around. Um, but my advice is just to, yeah, get down low to the ground and slow down. Well, and, people and actually, even. our gardeners might find them in their garden. You're down on the ground, you're weeding, yep. and you'll see something hop from one leaf to a stick or it will walk around or it'll start waving its leg if it's a boy <laughs> doing a YMCA yeah. dance. And you go, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So on go the glasses and you hone in. You don't take your eyes off it. Sometimes you have to call for backup because, yeah. you know, you can lose them very, very easily. Mm-hmm. But yes, you, you can't just think um, – or you'll look at it and you'll see it's jumping spider. It's not until you magnify or enlarge the image, I find, that you see all the colours. You don't always see it initially, do you? No. And, uh, look, you can see it if the, if the sun is hitting them the right way. But um, but you're right. I mean, they're so small, you really do need to either get a magnifying glass in there or a macro lens um, with a flash that will help bring out the colours. Um, yeah, it, it is it, it is amazing how much detail they have um, and, you know, the scales, are, are, they can be so many different colours, every, every colour of the rainbow, really, um, um, depending on the species, yeah. And this is what you do. You, you take people yeah. on tour and bring to life things that they wouldn't see. Mm. I think, like, this just warms my heart. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I, I run tours in Cairns called Let's Go Buggin', and um, they're in the Cairns Botanic Gardens. And, uh, yeah, you're right. We we photograph and appreciate uh, the little things that no one notices. So we do have a lot of jumping spiders. Mind you, our jumping spiders are much bigger than peacock jumping spiders, mm. so they're a lot easier to see. Um, but we've got all sorts of crickets and caddies and grasshoppers, um, butterflies, caterpillars, uh, all sorts of spiders. You know, we've got the big golden orb ones as big as your hand as well. Um, there's all sorts of skinks and geckos. Um, we do see birds and also fungi, uh, which I'm just starting to get ready to do Let's Go Shroomin, which is the mushroom photography tour that we do during the wet season. Because you're, you're on a bit of a break, like you've got about half an hour between your, your shows there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so what about aphids? You know, everyone's frightened of aphids on their plants. What? Well, aphids, yeah, look, we do see aphids. Um, and usually we see aphids that have got a symbiotic relationship with um, ants. Um, and, um, the, yeah, nobody likes aphids, especially those who are into their garden. Um, I do, because good, uh, they're food. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, lady beetles. Um, yes, I did have um, some aphids that were taking over my herbs in my garden, and I went and, and collected a few of the lady the, the native ladybirds just from the park next door and brought them over to my place, and I started my own bio wolf. <laughs> yep. And it worked brilliantly, actually. It, it, I only collected about four or five and then um, let them go. And then I had an endless supply of lady beetles for the next four or five months. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Biological warfare at its best. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, all these little bugs that people might not be aware of are, are food for other things in the food chain, birds and lizards, etc. 
So do you get into photographing them as well? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll photograph anything that we see that's of interest, really. Um, you know, we, occasionally we do see some bigger creatures like pythons. Um, that's a bit uh, bigger. We, we always, yeah, and we've had some big ones up here. Mm. Um, brush turkeys, we have scrub fowls as well. Um, and we do um, stop and appreciate some of the, the other birds that are flying around. Uh, we often see, you know, butcher birds and other other sort of kookaburras and other birds like that that are actually, you know, feeding on a grasshopper or a katydid or, or something like that. And so that's always, you know, interesting. Um, sometimes a bit sad, you know, you feel sorry for the yes. animal, but it's being eaten. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. uh, nature. I mean, sometimes we see um, spiders eating ants. Um, that that's actually something that we do see quite. A, Quite a bit, um, and at a certain time of year, when the the queen um, green tree ants uh, have come out of their hive, it's in January or February. We suddenly see heaps of them. Um, they're often um, falling victim to spiders and birds and lizards and geckos and and all sorts of things. So we see a lot of that as well. Oh, and are you tours very popular there? They had, the last couple of months have, have been my my busiest time. Um, it's only a new business. I started during COVID. Uh, like a lot of people, I was made redundant from my full-time job at the start of COVID. And I'd been uh, sort of building up a bit of a, um, a knowledge base of what to find, where to find, what time of year to find, uh, that sort of thing in the Botanic Gardens. I'd spent over 1,500 hours in there um, just for fun, really. <laughs> and then when I was made redundant, um, that's when I thought, well, maybe I could start my own uh, business and, um, and you know, use my passion for once and, and um, try it. So, yeah, it's, I'm coming into my third year now. So, um, you know, I've been... It's been a slow start, certainly, with um, what everybody's been through over the last yes, few years. But right. um, the last few months have been really good, and I've had international travellers. I've had mm. um, people from all over Australia, um, quite a few from Perth, actually, and, and Western Australia, so that's really nice. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so people want to go bugging with Bridgie. I read that on one of your sites <laughs> yesterday. Um, yep. They just, how do they contact you? So you can just do a Google search. Yeah. Uh, let's go bug and tours. Yeah, in cans. Tours in cans and, it- and I'll come up. Um, Cairns Botanic Gardens. Yeah. Tours. Yeah, anything like that and I'll come up. But my website is aussiemacrophotos.com. Yeah. Well, Bridget, I'd like to commend you because I think mm. it's an incredibly wonderful thing that you're doing, yeah. sharing the the mini beasts with people and you, your photos are just amazing and thanks to Wayne oh, thank for putting us on to you because yeah, he was very you, impressed and he knew I would love talking to you oh that's great I do actually remember Wayne coming on a tour so and uh, I think it was just before I came over to yes. WA I said, I said oh I'm going over to WA to photograph the peacock spiders so yeah thank you very much Wayne well, if you do come again, let us know. And if you want to put a tour together here, uh, let yeah, us know. How Joanne's putting a hand up. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I have four acres with a few things on them. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. Well, yeah, well, we could certainly have a chat with uh, Matthew Hurst-Horston, who's um, from Look Closer. Yes. And, um, yeah, we could maybe collaborate on doing something. Absolutely. And also, I, I have um, – oh, yes – 
Go ahead. Sorry, I just just wanted to mention that Matt Horston um, is actually putting together a little mini documentary of the of, of the experience that we had over there with the peacock spiders. So uh, he's got his own YouTube channel, uh, Look Closer. Yeah. Um, so look out for that in the coming months. Yes, oh, his, his videos are awesome. And we yeah. have wraparound spiders, we have Christmas spiders, um, yeah, all sorts of gorgeous things. Critters here. In yes. Perth. Yeah, We're doing. beautiful. All right. Thank you very much, Bridget. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Thank you. All, All the right. best. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. What a great lady. Wow. Yeah. Another one. So interesting. And another positive it? story coming yes. out of COVID. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. two stories today about yeah. COVID. But what she's doing is, mm. you know, she's changing things. Like even you, Joanne, not sort of promoting uh, the use of insecticides to treat bugs like hello, we've got a whole system out there that does this. And Bridget's showcasing how beautiful and wonderful they are. The the images that you can create, how clever they are, their little spines, their amazing eyes, the peacock spiders, the males dance mm. to entertain a female and they wave their arms around. There's a, a YouTube video that's put to YMCA music using these colourful Peacock spider dances. Mm. I'm going to go home and have a look at that. And (laughs) international interest. People come from all over the world to to where we live. To see it. And we're not, yeah. And (laughs) it's right on our doorstep. Right on our doorstep. All right, we do have to have a short break. When we return, Eddie, I can see you're waiting for us. Thank you. You will be uh, next in line. 24 minutes after nine, which means you've got 35 minutes to make contact with Let's Talk Gardening, 94841927. Special guest in the studio with us this morning, Joanne Harris from Guildford Town Garden Centre. Grateful to have you here, Joanne. Wonderful. To be thank here. you so much. We'll just head to Canning Vale. Eddie, thank you for waiting. You're, yeah, it's all good. I love listening to your show. Morning, Ray and Faye. Morning. Morning, and thanks, Eddie. That's lovely. Yes. Um, I've got a question about lawns. Um, like over over the winter months there, um, I heard, I, like I listened to your show and I heard, you know, about everyone having weeds in their lawns. Well, um, I, I, my lawns actually basically got taken over by weeds, um, which I managed to get rid of. Um, it took me like three days to, to dig them all out. Yeah. Normally I just mow over them, but this time I actually pulled them out first. Yep. Um, now, I'm renting the house. I'm, I don't own the house. I'm renting it. But um, our real estate agent keeps telling me I need to cut the lawn low. I've always, like, I've mown lawns all my life, and I've always cut them on a level three and our real estate agent comes around and tells me I have to cut them lower. You know, if I cut it any lower, I might as well just dig it up and turn it into dirt. Yeah, well, um, I, I'm... Is there, is there like, a, a level, really, there, or...? Well, there is, actually, and the Turf Association have put a book out and it actually tells you how short to cut your grass at what time of the year. Yeah. But, Eddie, I'm a bit with you on longer lawn mm. going into our summer. If Absolutely. you cut it too short, mm-hmm. there's not enough leaf blade to cover the soil and it's going to be much hotter and more likely to cook the roots. So, you know, 
then they're probably going to tell you how much you can water as well as we we all are so it's very much a combination if your lawn is a, a little bit longer and i mow without a catcher so my lawn clippings go back in and improve the soil hopefully um it and what you've done, getting rid of all the weeds and the seeds will hopefully with the warm weather and a bit of fertiliser kick off your lawn. I, I don't know anything about being told how short you should mow it. That might be a personal opinion. I yeah. doubt there's anything yeah. in the uh, legalities or conditions mm, that tell right. you. I mean, if it's green, whether it's weeds or lawn and it's mowed, that should be perfectly acceptable. Yeah. And um, it looks yeah. amazing if you do the edges as well. Where do you get that book from? From the Turf Association? They, um, I'd call the Turf Association and get a copy of mm, that book. Yeah. And um, show Produce it to your, it. your real estate agent. Mm. But they have a well, very Rick. good website too. So uh, if not, Eva Ricky, if yeah. she's listening, um, we can follow that up and put that on the today's post on the Facebook page if that helps. Because, like, um, the, the house next door to me is, is owned by the same same person and the real estate agent handles that one and the one next door to that as well and um, their maintenance man comes around and mows that lawn and it's basically you know just just above dirt level scalped yeah mm. yeah and, and that exposes and I, weeds to sun and they like that it, so exactly and mm. I've always thought well if the lawn is a little bit longer it's gonna stop the weeds suppress, from growing suppress right. correct yeah yeah, like I've 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 just fertilised my lawns and and I'm getting them back to nice and green. Um, like I had a couple of brown spots where I went around with a pitchfork, punched holes in the ground, threw some some fertiliser in it and then watered it, and now I don't have those brown spots. Mm-hmm. But now I'm trying to get the lawn to go back to the green I like, and I'm going to cut it at three regardless of what anybody tells Well, Eddie, I think you're on the right track. I think it sounds like you know what you're doing, you're proud of your lawn, and keep doing what makes you happy. All right, thank you. Thanks, Eddie. Cheers Thanks for that. Thanks for your call. I love the show. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And we're heading to Willerton. We're talking about kangaroo paws. Peter, thanks for waiting. No problem. Morning. How are um, you, Peter? Good, thanks. Um you mentioned a little while ago about purple kangaroo paws. Yes. Uh, back in May, I bought a couple. We just put in a new native garden. We pulled out a whole lot of roses because I got sick of the chili fruit. Um, and I had all the soil taken out, new native soil put in, and we went to Xantharia and spent a fortune, which was so much fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yep. It's a good place to spend it. Yep. Yes. Um, two of the things we bought were two of these new purple kangaroo paws, and they've been absolutely magnificent all winter. Now, they're starting to go all brown, um, and I read the thing on the thing when I got it, and it says to cut off any spent flowers right down to the bottom. But all of the new ones coming through seem to be going brown very quickly. And I just wondered if there's anything I'm not doing or should be doing. We put um, a recommended Byzantaria slow-release fertiliser when we planted them, and I've done them again in October, which they told us to do. The leaves all seem fine, but they, the flowers are just going brown really quickly. I didn't know whether that was their season is finished and I should cut them right back or mm. not. Uh, yeah, I've look, I've got one in a pot. 
it's not as robust as my it doesn't appear as robust as my good old fashioned uh kangaroo paws that are performing out on the verge with no love i'm not sure whether perhaps they should be cut off at ground level to encourage new growth with the warmer weather because although we've had some some sunny days yeah. it's been really mild it's like it's has. things are still Conditions coming out of are, winter mm. so have a look at the plant if you've got two maybe consider dividing one and yep. um have a look at the soil you you'll be able to gauge what the roots are like i actually potted mine into some open mix um i don't know what other people's experiences are because they are a new variety and I just, mm. yeah, I am a bit concerned. When I bought mm. mine, the pot was very root bound, yeah. and the the plant was actually in decline. Uh, and I don't know if it had been in a very controlled environment, so mm. it needed hardening up. So I put it into a, a light mix in a pot. Joanne's nodding here. Yeah. Um. I lo- as you know, I lost yeah. a few of the yeah. blue. Yeah. Mm. So I think uh, you wouldn't want it to be too wet. But it needs to be warm enough. Mm. And, um, yeah, just yeah, maybe. some and they, I put a big chunky wood mulch yep. um, in the whole garden. Everything else is going great guns. Um, yeah, well, Peter, how about dividing one into half, leave half in the ground yeah. and maybe try putting one into an open mix pot and that will give you an opportunity to look at the roots and see Mm -hmm. what's happening um and that pot put in a you know a nice mild position right yep okay thanks peter and let let us know will do okay and john of bunbury wants to know is it good practice to spread fresh lawn clippings around your garden or should they be composted first uh you you can um that's sort of like a Sarah Lee garden, isn't it? Yeah. Just layer upon layer because, you know, it, it works its way down. Mm, um, happens when the lawnmower man comes anyway, doesn't it, by default? Well, yeah, I find a little bit. Yeah. But I, I would tend to put them into a compost tumbler. Yeah. Uh, but then I've, I guess it depends on your situation. I've got a worm farm. I've got a compost tumbler. I've got a big bin, yeah. like open bed where I just dump everything on and... I mean, I still would throw them around, you know, a citrus plant, whatever's easy. Yeah, I think maybe citrus is great because they like a high nitrogen, so they're fine. But if you've got plants that don't want a high nitrogen that you're wanting to flower well, if you put them around, say, azaleas that we've been talking about this morning, that wouldn't be so great. Mm. For them. So watch Mm. what you put them around. Mm. um, And then otherwise I would be, like Faye, I'm more Mm. likely to put them into a Mm. compost bin. Yeah, yeah. Good good information. If you've got a, um, a mulched garden, you're not going to want to put grass... No. Clippings on top, no. you know, aesthetically it won't be so good. But if it's your veggie garden, yeah, you know, and you're turning it over all the time, you're planting new things. Yep. Hey, what? Yeah, high yield products that need to grow fast. Mm. It would work well. Mm. 
Okay, now on today um, is the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society annual show. All right, now that's happening at Bassendine Community Hall, which is the corner of Old Perth Road and James Street in Bassendine. It's on today. We did have Lorraine in the studio discussing this a few weeks mm. back. It's a cracker. Faye's nodding ahead because oh. you would like to be there. Oh, I, I, I think would, it would love be a really to be good there. show I to just attend. Can't. Mm. Squeeze anything more but in this weekend. Rick I know. Salas, Hoya. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a must go to. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Close to the garden centre. I think I might visit after garden <laughs> week. It's not oh, far what from. A day. Yeah. And what they a day. they have a competition. So there's display of all these amazing plants, like flowering. Yeah. It's. Eye candy again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm, how I'm, much more can we bear? <laughs> this is painful today. All the oh. things I can't get to. Also on this weekend, Cranny Nook, a beautiful garden, open today and tomorrow in Helena Valley from ten o'clock to four o'clock. Spring blooms and colour while you wander the paths through through this intriguing garden, intermingled with stained glass, recycled material. Wide range of shrubs and trees. Cranny Nook always has something new to delight visitors. Rock ponds, creeks, brick paths, recycled rustic sculptures, bromeliad, succulents, salvias. Huh, something yeah. for everyone. Mm. And for the food fancier, Devonshire tea in the tea room with stained glass doors. How lovely. Mosaic tables, mm. shaded verandas. Sounds and like heaven. Fine. Proceeds go to Kenyana Wildlife oh, Rehabilitation. Perfect. Now, where is that again? Nine at Toyfi A T O F I Gardens in Helena Valley. Uh huh. Thank you. Now next weekend we have more on the Wildflower Society of WA are holding their oh, plant yeah. sale at Lansdale Farm. Now that's the corner of Lansdale and Evandale Roads in Darch, and Saturday the fifth of November nine o'clock to two o'clock. And West Australian plants, a huge variety. So that's that's certainly another must get to. And then as well, Jude Scott, who's an artist, and she's at 6 Sparta Lane in Canning Vale. This is an amazing garden. You've it's seen a, this one, haven't yep, you? This is a big property. I'm really going to try and get here. Uh, that's 10 to 4 Saturday and Sunday. Drop in for a chat, see what's new, have a wander through the 2,000 square metre garden filled with a huge variety of everything from acrylages to zygos. So that's your A to Z and everything in between. Mature garden, 20 years old. Yeah. And the the method is see a gap, plant something principle. Like that. Devon chai tea and coffee. Uh and it's proceeds going to the Kids Cancer Support Group. Now, it doesn't say here, but she's an artist, and yes. I, I believe there will be art, art display. on display. And where yeah. is this one again, Faye? Six Sparta, S-P-A-T-A Lane in Canning Vale. Sparta Lane mm. in Canning Vale. That's next weekend. Canning Vale next, next weekend, weekend, both okay. days. Perfect. All right, now, how would you like to go shopping? We have a $75 gift voucher up for grabs from... Bigger Trees. Now, uh, Bigger Trees have a wonderful website, very informative, and Facebook page. And Kerry keeps posting all these magnificent pictures each week of what's up there. Stop it, Kerry, because uh, then I send her a message and go, <laughs> how much is that? 
And my bank account is literally dwindling as I speak. I am not joking. And uh, she even responded to something to me last night while I was in bed. Uh, look, they specialise in frangies and we are coming into frangie season and they have a great display of frangies ready to go. I, I was up there last the week before last and uh, it's looking Incredible. And you can get cuttings as well of rarer frangies. And uh, it's a great time to take advantage of this opportunity. So speak to Kerry if you'd like to find out more. We have a question that John has uh, sourced for us. You must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Okay, guys. Petula Clark sang the song Colour My World. Beautiful song. And sourced the colours in her song from nature. She said to colour it with sunshine yellow, blue from the sky above. But where did she say the green came from in the song Colour My World? Give Bev a call on 94841927. And that voucher, $75 to go shopping at Bigger Trees up there in Pickering Brook, is yours. Okay, 94841927. Go for it. Okay, fair current. The floor and is yours. Thanks, Kerry. I have a oh, beautiful... Yeah flowering red quince <coughs> yeah. sitting waiting for you Ray to tell me where I should put it well have you known we bought we got one each mine's already putting on growth I haven't got it in the ground yet but it's growing oh. it's just new growth there and I'm thinking wow this is going to be spectacular well with the, love, the love, sunshine love. the rain I know you know I know I know everything's just growing and coming to things life, are looking good I have to admit so where did you get the quince from the flowering quince uh bigger trees from bigger trees yeah for my birthday yeah I got it for Ray got it for me for my birthday how I've just spoiled. filled my whole day up <laughs> <laughs> I know and next weekend as well yeah. <laughs> oh yeah no don't you have work to do Oh, I do, but not on a Saturday. Ah, it's a your day. day off. It's yeah. my day off. Thursday and Saturday I get off, and yeah. I really enjoy filling it up with things. Oh, oh my word! I know because yeah. your nursery I just absolutely adore, and I adore your beautiful pots and homewares, and you have so Gift much. Wear. Oh my goodness me! And staff, yeah. you've got lovely staff. Oh, I have to say, I've got one of the best staff. You need time to spend in your nursery. Yeah. You need a lot of time. There's a lot to see and, yeah. and get through. It's wonderful. And you'll get lots of assistance too. The girls are really knowledgeable, but more than that, they're passionate. Yeah. They're really passionate about what they do and they're happy to spend time with you talking and yeah. getting the right plant for the right place. And I love that I can bring my papa with me Absolutely. and there's water waiting there. And yeah, yeah it's, it's nice to be able to do that. So, yeah. no, one, an iconic nursery in Perth. Thank you. And not far away from Santharia. <laughs> it's fantastic because we you share can... a lot of our customers. Yeah. And I'll say to people that come visiting us during the weekend, oh, look, spend another 15, 10 to 15 minutes up the road and you get to Santharia. So I was there a, a couple of, of weeks ago. Hop, hop mm. skip and a jump. Yeah. yeah. And it's beautiful. You, you get to see what grows in the garden. Yes. Their gardens are yeah. just stunning. There's lovely playground for kids too. There is. I envy the space that they have mm. to be able to do those sorts of things, you know. Oh, yeah. now, Joanne, Lime Tough, Lamandra. Love uh, that. Carl, oh. Carla has sent us in an email requesting um, information. She's bought three as tube stock. One hasn't done much at all. Can she move it? Yes. Can she, she can divide it? it? She wants to. Um, I would... 
I would only divide, personally, I mm. only divide plants that are really healthy and doing well. Okay. If a plant isn't doing so well, I prefer not to divide it until I've established it. Okay. And I'll often say that to people when they buy a plant and they say, can I divide it straight away? Yeah. You can, but you're going to lose about a third of each one that you divide up. Okay. So be aware of that, and that's fine. Mm. But, um, yeah, otherwise I plant them in full and then when they're really looking fabulous, that's, that's when, when you make your it. move. And Good so advice. what would you prepare the soil with for that one? Um, look, I'm a lover of the Green Life Soil Company um, native concentrate or their native mix. So if you're in chalky, so sandy soil, um, especially if it's chalky and a little bit alkaline, I would definitely use that. Um, mm. Make sure that you put in some slow-release native fertiliser, um, soon after, maybe six to eight weeks afterwards, uh, doesn't take a lot. These things grow in. Yeah, they're pretty nothing. tough, aren't they? They're they very really tough. Are. All right, we need to take a break. We do have a winner of the Bigger Trees $75 gift voucher, Jacinta of Parkwood. Congratulations. Thanks for playing, Jacinta. And of course, the answer to my question was the grass. Okay, so the question quickly was that. Petula Clark sang the song Colour My World and sourced the colours in her song from nature. And she said to colour it with sunshine yellow, blue from the sky above, and of course the green came from the grass. Thanks very much, Jacinta. Um, let us know what you do with that. We'll be back in a moment. Captain Radio. Yes, we are here. <laughs> Excuse my voice. We get carried away having conversations. We're actually talking Frenchies off air, weren't we? Well, we because we have an email. We do. It's, we're not just frivolously chatting. That's the word. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So we have an email from Linda, and she's showing us uh, pictures of not very good branches on her frangipani, and she'd like to know, should, be, should she be concerned for the rest of the branches? Which are all healthy. So, Joanne, over to you yeah. about pruning Look, the timing of them because sure. Caroline also was keen to know about when to prune hers, which is up above the roof. Yeah. Okay. So, Carol, we'll start with Caroline's. Uh, if you prune that now, Caroline, you're going to prune off all the flowering buds. So, I would probably leave it. Enjoy the flowers this year and then prune it off uh, once it's finished flowering. Don't allow, if, if yours is a wonderful flower and it goes on until the cooler time, do it before that so that you're not cutting it um, when it's too cold and that's when you'll find fungus and that will really um, start entering into the cuts. Um, but as far as the, the frangipani that has some uh, unusual and fungus-ridden uh, branches, I would be cutting out only the branches that are affected and I would watch the other branches, but certainly take out the ones. Frangipanis uh, flower much better if they're not too full. So I would also perhaps look at those branches that are crossing, um, that may be interfering with each other, and uh, take those out. So take out those that need, um, that have the fungus, and I'd probably give it... I'd probably give it a spray of something like maybe eco-fungicide, um, and that way you're just making sure that if there's any spores that are going into the more healthy branches, it's not spreading. Um, Eco-fungicide is a great one to use. Mm. And that will promote flowering as well. That's exactly Potassium right. bicarbonate. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Safe to use in aquaponic systems too. Ah, I didn't realise that. Fish That's friendly. Great. You're such a full, full book of <laughs> Been there, information, Faye Curran. Don't you love this horticulture, though? You learn every mm. day. I've just learned something from you, Faye, and I love that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, Joanne, perhaps you can give us uh, an answer here to Lucia from Mandra. She has a question about a metal trellis framework on the west side of her patio. She's located in Mandra. Uh, it gets full afternoon sun and a fair bit of wind. What would you suggest as a climbing plant for this location? So a metal trellis, it's not its not huge. So we kind of want to contain it, don't we? Yeah. No, nothing like a passion fruit. No. Um, and it's on the west side in Mandurah. So it could be quite hot too. And if it's metal, it could be quite hot. Mm. So you want something really tough. I guess the first thing that I come to is um, the Traculosburn and the Chinese star jasmine. Mm. I know it's not food, and it's always great to have something like food. But like you say, I think it's too hot for a passion fruit. It would burn, and it would burn the fruit, mm. right? They'd get sunburnt, I think. So I wondered something like a, a Mandevilla Brazilian yeah. jasmine, because you can keep it shrubby, but you can also let it go up without yeah. it being too rangy. And there's a variety of them, isn't there? There's the lots, and they're all out. Uh, well, it's actually the diplodenias that are out. There's okay. not that many mandevillas at the moment or yet. I think they're closer to Christmas time. Mm. So, so the, the diplodenias would be a bit hardier, wouldn't they? They're a little bit hardier than mm. the mandevillas, and that's oh. what I was going to say. Take the sun, yeah. trail a bit, that's but right. not... Not you too can, rangy. You can keep them, like you say, quite shrubby, mm. and they look rather nice. And they just have a few of the tendrils going up to give you those flowers mm. up higher. But do be careful um, if you've got it on the west side. It is going to be hot. Mm. So keep an eye on that. Make sure that the moisture is there and that maybe even um, put a little bit of mulch around the top of the mm. soil um, if it's in a pot just to keep it from um, you know, losing all the, the water. Well, I, I actually have a... Diplodenia on on the west side. Yeah. It's on the um, shady side of the house, so it doesn't get the morning sun, but it will take the afternoon sun. And something else that's growing really well there that would work would be geraniums. Oh, absolutely. They just you know climbing geraniums. yeah, climbing geraniums. And you'll have flowers almost all year round. Yeah, do. exactly. Yep. Even in wintertime, mm. some of those flower really well. So there you go. There's we've solved that one. Get all excited about all these flowering plants. Oh, will I keep going? Yes, do one more and then um, we'll have a quick I'm, break. I'm really enjoying uh, the emails that are coming in from Bill because he's got ah, ideas yes. like don't throw away unwanted items like wire clothes horses. They make great hooks for hanging baskets or in the shed or stakes for pots or climbing plants. Glass bottles, hole drilled in the bottom, cut and sharp edges removed are handy for plants or other uses. And this latest one... Uh, another one of my recycling projects, one tool hooks are very easy to create. A humble wire coat hanger, fly screen wire securing rubber, you know, the bit that you push in to hold the fly screen in, yeah. a strong pair of pliers and strong hands. So you cut the wire to whatever size you want the hook to be. Cut rubber slightly longer to cover the ends of the wire and then you slip the rubber over the wire and bend bend the uh, hooks in whatever shape you want. So he's got little hooks, a hook on each end, and you can hang up things wherever. How That's fabulous. Wonderful. I love mm. it. That's a good upcycling program. It it certainly is. Thanks, Bill. And can you squeeze one more in, Faye? Uh, I can. This is a another one we got. Uh, it's scale on a gum tree and it's from mm. Owen 
and I sent this off to Deepherd and they came back with gum tree scale. Okay. So a lot of natural predators. So I will run through the natural predators. Keep an eye out for these. Ladybirds, assassin bugs, lace wings, hoverflies, parasitic wasps, birds and possums. You can remove by hand if you want to. So you just run your fingers mm. along the stem, mm. wear rubber gloves, I'd suggest, or prune off the worst affected uh, branches. Okay. But, you know, gum trees are pretty hardy. It normally, you know, it might set them back a little bit, but they have so many leaves and foliage, you wouldn't worry too much. Actually, lerps are something else that you might yeah. find on gum trees, yeah. and they're food for powder oats, which are little birds. Okay. Fantastic. All right. We will return. Curtain Radio. It's been a great morning on Let's Talk Gardening. Special guest in the studio. We've had the gorgeous Joanne Harris from Guildford Town Garden Centre. Being able to share all your wisdom with us this morning. We appreciate that very much. Oh, Thank you. It's been great coming in. I love listening in on all the things. And I, and I learn so much when I come in here too. Faye's just this fountain of information. She sure she? is. Yep. It's wonderful. I have an audience that listens. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Because, you know, years ago I would take photos and talk to people, you know, always talking about plants. Like, my friends don't want to hear all that, do they? So it's funny that people it's listen. Fantastic. Now, Joanne, you, you have a joyous garden centre, very pretty, and mm. what's what's there at the moment? And what's yeah, trending? Yeah, what's looking good? Mm. Oh, look, food. Ed- ed- uh, edible. This is true. Really trendy mm. at the moment. Mm. And uh, we do try and get an awful lot in. We've got a, um, a lot of fruit trees at the moment. So fruit tree season starts in June and July when the bare root trees come in, and then we pot those on. And, and although it's better to plant your fruit trees in the winter time, it's easier on the tree and it's certainly easier on you as the gardener. Um, but we do carry a really good range all the way through um, into right through to the next season. So quite often in May only would be when we're quite low on stock. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look on our website, you'll find there's quite a few are out of stock that we sell out, especially things like cherries. We bring in very few of them because mm. very few people can actually grow them around yes, Earth. Yes. Even though there's the new uh, little dwarf uh, low chill ones, mm. um, I had someone ask if they could take it to Geraldton. And it was oh, like, dear. Don't waste your time. No. Don't waste your money or your time. Mm. So, um, look, you can um, find a dwarf citrus, um, dwarf mulberries, um, You've got all the palm fruit. You've got apples, apricots, cherries, plums, nectarines, quinces. It goes on and on. We wow. carry a huge range of fruit trees. And I guess with properties getting smaller and people living without a lot of backyard, yes. growing in pots and, and small Absolutely. fruit trees would be the way to go Well, because you can get more in a small space, can't you? And that's they? what people are tending to do. Mm. Even people living in balconies, you know, in, in apartments at least with a, a nice size balcony, mm. we've managed to get them li- the little uh, dwarf limes, you know, yeah. so they can still have their gin and tonic with fresh limes <laughs> oh. and, and lemons, uh, mm. even mandarins, things like that. Um, your dwarf mulberries are more like a four metre, so they're not as dwarf as what we mm. think. But most of the dwarf trees grow up to about, you've got, Trixies, which are one yes, and a half yes. metres, they're mm. really small, mm. and then you go up to about two and a half metres. Okay. Um, well, and growing would... in a pot is very easy with those. Well, it would beat the pruning, the netting, 
the harvesting off a ladder, wouldn't it? Oh, it's much mm. Take the grief away, absolutely. Mm. It's much, much easier. Yeah. All right, we're heading to Martin. We're talking about a bay tree. Carol, good morning. Yes, good morning, ladies. Um, I was given a, a bay tree oh, a couple of months ago. Um, a chappy dug it out. And it, I don't know, it's about five foot, so I don't know it in, in the <laughs> measurement. Um, and it was going good for a couple of weeks, but then all the, the leaves sort of went brown um, and sort of I've been pulling them off. But I've got all new shoots growing, so do you think I should just keep pulling all the dried leaves off or could I use them, like take them off and put them in a jar and use them dry bay leaves? Um, I'll answer that one if you like. Um, my bay tree over the summertime was neglected, let's say. Mm. I didn't mm. look after it well enough. You might find if you've uh, had it transplanted that it has had some problems re-establishing. So what it will do is naturally the, the leaves will go brown and they'll drop. Um, yeah. I did pick some of mine off and then I got sick of it because I almost, I felt like I'd killed the entire shrub. Um, however, it's come back absolutely wonderful with a little bit of um, sea salt and um, a little bit extra water and it's come back well. The brown ones I did try. I love cooking with bay leaf treat. Um, bay so leaf do leaves. I. They're just, yeah. It's a flavour you can't get from the dry. Yeah. Um, it's just fantastic. But I did try with the brown ones thinking, what a waste do I need to? But it doesn't have the flavour. So just forget those. If you pick those off, you're going to get lots of new leaves and it'll go really well for you. Yeah, I've got lots of, you know, you can see where they're all starting to sprout, you yeah, know. Perfect. All the new shoots. Yeah. Oh, so good. Enjoy that. So take off all the old ones or let them just come off naturally? Look, I'd probably take them off if you've got the patience to do it and it's not too much. Um, and then you'll find that you'll see the new buds coming through quite quickly. Yeah, they are the new buds. So, yeah, I have given it sea soul and, and extra water. So, yeah. You're on track, Carol. <laughs> and I don't need to cut it back. Just leave it as it is. I'd leave it as it is. If you find that yeah. it, some of the branches are dying, then you might want to cut it back. But if the branches aren't dying, I wouldn't bother. Let the tree yeah. tell you, Carol, is what Chris Oliver would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies. Have a good weekend. You, you too. too. Bye. Carol. And Elia Forestfield uh, wants to know the best potting mix for repotting frangies next year. I'd always use a premium, premium. potting mix. Mm, I yeah. always use a premium potting mix if I'm going to plant something um, or, or pot, pot something, should mm. I say. Um, you know, some of the – and I'd use an Australian standard potting mix. Yeah, So that's sure. the one with the red ticks. Yep. Yes, five ticks. And Rose, Rosa of Beckenham <clears throat> wanted to know about the Christmas spiders. Yes. And they are not as prevalent in people's gardens as they used to be, but they are certainly round in the bush – in the warmer months of the year. Coming towards Christmas, um, mm. I do find a couple. I've, I sometimes find them in amongst my hydrangeas, but I think the birds find them. You know, yeah. I've had this little pet in the garden that I keep going and, and then he's gone. checking on and then it's like, what's happened? <gasps> Who's been here? But yeah. they are around and in the southwest they are abundant. And, you know, their little egg sacs are like this um, woven spider web, brownish, along sometimes barbed wire fences, just like a, a long elongated egg yeah, sack, yeah, yeah. Not, a, not a round egg. Okay. Mm. 
Anything else we need to add? Uh, Time I think to I'm wrap done. up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Joanne, very, very much. And also Bev Daring and John Glidden. Thank you guys uh, for your support this morning. George Minoldi is up next with the classic 60s. Then from 12 noon, Ray Finn will take you through to 3 o'clock. And then the lovely Dale James from 3 to 6. My gardenism for the morning is gardens are a form of autobiography and nothing could bring us home more that, that, that quote then uh, the book Garden Gathered by Helen Layton. Gardens are a form of autobiography. Faya Curry, you look very, very busy. Let's sign off. Thank you, everyone, uh, for your company this morning. Take care of yourself and happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.